When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like that, that's some strong whiskey. Alex Jones, where do we start? There is so much. Great to be here. Your studios are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So we're pre-filming episodes right now. So you're going to be guest number two. Michael's number one, Michael Malice, only by virtue if he got here first. So I, I like think that's that. a pretty good first two guests. He's a great guest. He's amazing. So we've hung out a few times now. We did Tim Pool, Tim Cast, which was super fun. And there's a ton of memes from that. And then we went out to dinner with Michael. And the funny thing about you is that your public image and sort of the reputation people want you to have who hate you is so different than what you really are. Like, I feel like sometimes you're such a scapegoat for people's hate. And in real life, you're basically a teddy bear. Well, yeah, they take derivatives of what I've done four hours a day on air and kind of take it out of context. But that's OK. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's gotten the message out even more, actually. Yeah, I mean, you've been banned on everything, but there's definitely like a Streisand effect. People actually seek it out more. Well, that's it. But I mean, what's really happened is they just try to attack anything that's populist. And if they can demonize me and shut me down, they can ban everybody's free speech. So that's really been their goal. Yeah, exactly. And then I feel like recently there's a huge resurgence of people who actually want to listen to you and are maybe more open to hearing conspiracy theories. Have you seen like the meme... Alex Jones was right, tip a jar. I have seen that. Right. And I think there's a reason for that because of everything that's happened the past two years, right? Well, that certainly happened. And, you know, I mean, I, again, I just know they use me as a case point example to censor everybody else. And so once they demonize me and then I get censored, people don't stand up against it. It sets the precedent for censorship. Yeah. I feel like recently I've been saying the only difference between a fact and a conspiracy theory is basically six to 12 months. That's the meme, and it certainly is true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I've almost become redundant for, uh, I mean, Elon Musk is the new Alex Jones. Oh, you Jones. think it's getting old? <laughs> no, but Elon Musk is the new yeah. Alex Jones. I mean, he's, he gets it. The power structure's dying, and nobody buys what they say, so everybody smart's about to jump against the establishment, which is going to be spectacular because they're going to try to suppress people and make folks go along with their narratives, it's not gonna work. So you're feeling optimistic then? You think you're winning the battle against the That's globalists? A great, yeah, I, absolutely. I'm very, very optimistic about where humanity is right now. Yeah, I am too, actually. Like, I feel like I'm a pessimist by nature and all the shit that happened kind of 2020 and beyond had me thinking it was just kind of over. But now you look at kind of the tides turning, you're seeing a lot of people, I think the kids being home for Zoom helped a lot. I think it reveals a lot of what people are being indoctrinated with and, People are just more open to hearing, like, who are you going to trust, the CDC? Who are you going to trust, like, the White House? No, I mean, I think that's it. There, there's a loss in trust in the power structure and a real breaking of the social contract. So people are looking for answers. And anybody trying to suppress people looking causes a bigger backlash. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, the break in the social contract. I feel like growing up, there's just so much that you're taught and that you're really indoctrinated to believe. It's like we're looking at now the Zoom kids getting told things and it's like, well, you start looking at, well, what was I told? Is it really this new thing that kids are just being lied to or what were the things that I was lied to about as a kid? You know, what would you say are the main things people are lied to about when they're kids and they just kind of- People are lied it? to about the fact that America is run by America. America is run 
by a bunch of corporate special interests that want you to believe Republicans and Democrats are the only people in charge, but really they're owning and they're they're selling and they're controlling those people. And so they don't want us to have a real political literacy. They want us to be politically yeah. illiterate so we don't stand up for our own interests. Yeah, and then I've noticed with you, you get kind of pigeonholed it into being like a partisan or like a right-wing extremist, what they're going to say, obviously. I don't feel like you're extreme, but that's what they'll say. But exactly. There's this whole spectrum of what I've done in 28 years. They pick a few things I was wrong about or a few things out of context. They blow those up yeah. to make that who I am because they're scared of populism. They really see me as a populist leader. Yeah, and, and that's what I said on uh, Joe Rogan. We were talking about you for a little bit, and I said it really basically comes down to like, do you see people as the whole sum of everything they've gotten wrong or their mistakes? Like, I think it's ridiculous how many people think that you should just stay kind of like beneath the surface now because you made mistakes. I think like there's something to be said about being redeemed and just knowing that you've been on air for so long. How could you not get certain things wrong? Well, well, well sure. But I mean, the few things I, I question Jesse Smollett. I, I, I was on air with WMDs in 2003. I questioned those. I questioned all these things that were right. I questioned a few other things they claim I was wrong about. It, and they say, well, you're bad. You've got to be silenced. Once you let Alex Jones get silenced, you get silenced. Right. And I mean, that's basically what happened. There's so many other people that fell like a domino effect after you. Is there like some sort of like club of all the banned people? Like I'm thinking in my head of like, like Miley Who? Oh, the Island Lost Boys. Yeah, basically. I'm no, thinking, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of people that don't deserve to be banned. And, and, and again, they were all chosen because once you don't stand up for them, you set the precedent to ban everybody else. Do you think some people deserve to be banned? Like, is it all? I, don't no, think I mean, you if, are, if but... somebody's saying go kill people or somebody's like, you know, selling methamphetamine to children, you ban them. But that was the old Internet of, of the Section 230. Unless you're committing crimes, you're not banned. That's why what Elon Musk is doing right now and his hostile takeover of Twitter is so important because that's really critical to any free society is have an open electronic soap box. Yeah, 100%. So that is one of the things that also makes me feel super optimistic is that Elon's kind of coming in. And I feel like he's done more than Trump just in the past week. Oh, he has. Trump, look, look, I like Trump overall. He's pro-America, everything else. But damn, did I get attacked for supporting Trump. And right. these people said, oh, you're getting rich off Trump. No, the average dollar I made went down because of supporting Trump. But mm. you look at Elon Musk, he's doing more for free speech than Trump ever did with just a few moves. Yeah. I mean, I'm as sick of Trump as it could be. I mean, I voted for him twice. I was a supporter, but I kind of looking back, hindsight's 2020 and looking specifically at the year 2020, it's kind of like, okay, what were the real life effects of his presidency? Because there was more lockdowns under Trump. You know, Anthony Fauci was given more powers by never being elected. Shot. Right. There was the the complete lack of medical freedom under Trump, you know, and that's, well, that's never my frustration. That. Exactly. That's my frustration is that people see Trump as this panacea. He's going to fix everything. But in a lot of ways, he energized the left and censorship. And so even the bar stool sports guy came yeah. out and said, I want Biden. Not that Biden's good, but Biden's so bad. He wakes America up and unifies this, whereas Trump divides us. Yeah, 100%. It's something I think Ben Shapiro always talks about, like the sort of like tearing of the social fabric from Trump, even if he did technically make some good policy positions. It's like it kind of did mess the country up in a lot of different ways. Well, he energized the left. And I'm not I'm not putting Trump down because hindsight's 2020. But 
I want DeSantis. I want he okay. won't run, but Tucker Carlson. I want a populace that unifies people. I, I'm I'm just sick of Trump. And, and I want to be clear. I'm not attacking Trump because the Democrats sue me or attack me. I'm attacking Trump because he legitimately had all these opportunities and didn't execute them. Is he better than Biden? Absolutely. Is he a good guy? Yes. I'm simply saying, I know people talk to him every day, and he is thinking the same way, making the same mistakes he made two years ago or a year ago. Oh, really? He's making them now. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm done. I mean, I'm just totally done. And like you said about the vaccine, he's like, oh, warp speed, violate all the laws, do this. And then, oh, everybody loves the shot, take it, it protects you. Well, they're now admit it doesn't protect you. So so I'm just I'm just tired of him and the the because I felt a year ago, two years ago, I felt sick watching the sycophantic worship. Yeah. And then now it's just like I, I'm done. Well, I feel like his reasoning for going so hard with the vaccine stuff post presidency is that what exactly is gonna be his legacy in his mind in the history books, but that goes back to like I feel like another thing he did wrong was he worked so hard to impress people who were never gonna like him. You know, like I felt like because exactly he went after the yeah, exactly that's that's true. Yeah, he came from the Hollywood elite and he came from that whole world. And I think it really shook it when all of a sudden they turned on him and he spent the rest of the presidency not really going as hard as he could have because he was still fearful of them. But he, they were never absolutely come because here's the deal. Let's be back here, Elian. Biden is destroying the Democrats right now, so yeah. we want to keep him there. Trump yeah. comes in, he organizes Republicans. But then he organizes Democrats. So let's see Democrat policies for what they are. Let's see them unfolding. And so that's where I am on Trump. I mean, I don't want to belabor Trump and put Trump down, but um, Trump is in his own world. Well, he did some great things. And I think to a large extent, he unified a lot of people on the right as well. And he weeded out a lot of bad things on the right. A lot of rhinos were upset about him coming. A lot of, you know, the never Trumpers that we didn't really need anyway. Oh, there's no doubt when it comes to populists taking over the Republican Party, the Trump movement is wonderful. And the Trump yeah. movement getting populists elected that are that are for the people, wonderful. Absolutely. The Trump effect when it comes to candidates is really great. But see, he works against that. Have you seen who he's been endorsing? Some of the worst he, Yeah, leftists. he endorsed Dr. Oz. Yeah, yeah neocons. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, another thing is Dr. Oz. He's way better than some people. Yeah. Dr. Oz means well. I mean, people are criticizing Trump for Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz is the least of Trump's problems. I'm not poo-pooing what you said. It's just that Trump going after mainline candidates and basically whoever whoever will pay him, he is giving the endorsement. And I don't like it. Yeah, I don't I don't like it either. Um let's talk about January sixth mm -hmm. because there's a whole thing about you in January sixth, but so I went to a screening of a documentary about you in Austin. Um and we watch it. It's not out yet, is it or no? You were there. Yeah. You were Michael Malice. Yeah. It was Alex's war. Yeah. Is it out yet or no? I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, then people don't know then. Um, I saw the footage of you on January 6th, and you were so adamant about no violence. You were so adamant about, like, you repeated it so many times to this crowd, right? That, of course, we all know how it went down eventually. But how frustrating is it that you're painted as someone who incited that when in reality you were trying to, in my opinion, seeing the footage, really calm the flames? Oh, yeah. They have several federal grand juries open right now investigating myself and others and we showed up in dc they had the ellipse by the white house it's like fifty thousand people so that was the fence and the porta potties and the security but outside of that was 300 400 500 600 000, 700 000 people probably a million they estimate and before 
Trump ever stopped speaking, they were already marching at the Capitol. And so uh, January 6th is being used to demonize the American people. It's being used to set this new domestic terrorism precedent. But at the end of the day, uh, I was there. Um, January 6th was Americans protesting what they believe to be election fraud, and that's their right to do it. But yeah, they're trying to make me the guy that attacked the Capitol. They're trying to say I wanted to attack the Capitol, which discredited us trying to have a 10-day peaceful investigation through Senator Cruz under the Constitution of the election. And so the worst thing ever happened was a small part of that crowd being violent. Yeah, yeah. And then, but to me, it was just so jarring to see you specifically saying, do not be violent, do not cause anything bad. And then for the narrative to be the exact opposite. But I mean, that's to be expected. Does it ever like affect you just as a person, like maybe the public figure side aside version of yourself? Well, well yeah, it was going to be this week, but then they changed it to next week. I have three FBI agents and three federal prosecutors flying down to Austin to interview me in a, in a uh, proffer because I'm under investigation for January 6th. And I'm, and I'm not going to be an asshole in the meeting, but I'm going to be like, they admit Ray Epps was a federal informant and try to get folks to attack the Capitol. They admit there were a thousand federal police in that crowd. If I stopped 5,000 from going in, they estimate, they could have stopped them all. Right. So January 6th, they got a big crowd there. They had the National Guard stand down and then they let that crowd attack the Capitol. And then now they demonize all Trump supporters from it. And they want to talk to me about what happened. I was there. Right. And and so, you know, that's that's really my frustration. But what I mean more so, like, does it ever, I mean, I guess you don't have to be honest about this or go into this, but like. No, I'll be honest, totally honest. Yeah. Does it ever have a negative mental health impact on you? Because, I mean, obviously it's like a way lesser level. I'm a public figure as well. And I go through ups and downs of like feeling good about it and and being sad about Hayden and about whatever. And it's amplified so much more for you. I just wonder about you as the person, like, how do you handle it? It is extremely frustrating to have tried to stop that event and to have been there. And it was very stressful. I'm not being a victim. But I, hit the, I got hit yeah. in the face with tear gas. Uh, I saw the parapets and the people attacking the cops. And I just felt terrible. Not that I did this, but that I was part of it. Mm -hmm. And and I really tried to stop it, and and then to know the system knows the truth, and they turn a, turn around and try to blame me makes me very very angry. And uh, I think Americans have a right to question elections, and, and 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 basically, I just don't want America to have a civil war. I don't want us to fight with each other while America is supposed to be the city on the hill of light instead of this the, the, this big point of contention. Do you think there's an argument for, because there are a lot of people that say a civil war might actually be something positive, maybe not a violent one, but a sort of like separation between you see the way of life from the blue states and red states being so different. I moved from California to here. I see it, even though Austin is, you know, different than other Texans cities. But do you think it could be good if we just have a split? You know, I'm going to leave that up to the people, but our economies are so complex. Yeah. And what's happening is so complex. I just don't see how we have a separation and don't have violence. So I just don't want violence. And I sure as hell know things politically. And I know how stuff works. And I know what's going to happen in politics. But I don't know how to run my own life. So I just don't want to be in the position of trying to tell people 
what's about to happen because I don't know. I just know this. The situation we're in is very, very dangerous. It's very, very fluid. And I just want to do everything I can to try to de-escalate violence. That's a good answer. Um, so one of the other things that I think you're pigeonholed into, like I said earlier about being such a partisan, because I actually grew up watching InfoWars. I always say I grew up watching makeup tutorials and InfoWars, and you can tell how I ended up this way. Uh, but you, my earliest memories of your content was you railing against George Bush. As a kid, that's like, in my mind, what you did. So this idea that you're some crazy right-wing kook or partisan, is that frustrating? Because to me, you go above that whole paradigm. No, it is frustrating because I'm anti-war and I'm anti-police state and I'm anti-tyranny. And so I was against Bush Sr. and Clinton and Bush Jr. and Obama and then Trump. And now Trump. You know, when, when, when Trump's like, oh, genocide, let's have war with Russia. I'm like, let's stop. Right. And so, yeah, that's the answer is that... Uh, it is frustrating because I'm just a populist that's anti-war and they misrepresent what I say and do. And what do you do from there? Right. So even though you're banned from everything, do you, how on it are you with social media? Like, do you have a secret Twitter account that you scroll and, and still see everything or someone do that for you? People ask that question. You know, we have Infowars.com. We have banned hunt video with millions and millions of people a day. So I knew censorship was coming so I set up our own networks, our own systems. And so despite the fact that they've tried to block us on Facebook and Twitter and Google, we're still alive at InfoWars.com. As people can find The Daily Show at 11 a.m. Central, we have some other shows. And so, yeah, people ask, how is the censorship going? The answer is we have actually overcome it. Yeah, I feel like if you push hard enough when you are canceled or banned or tried to be under the rug, you actually become much stronger. Would you agree? I totally agree. If you don't give up under censorship, if you don't mail it in or, or roll over, people really want to find what they're being denied. So absolutely. I think attempts to silence us have only made us better. Yeah, because even though you're banned off YouTube, um, I see interviews you do with people on YouTube and they come in recommended and they actually blow up because you're so banned from everything. That it's kind of like like the Streisand effect, like I said, people are so hungry for it that it goes to higher numbers than maybe it would have if you were still on YouTube. No, I mean, I agree. The, the attempts to silence us have not worked. Yeah, 100%. You probably have a lot of crazy fan encounters, right? Because I could imagine, I mean, you have a very intense fan base. What's like one of your weird supporter interaction stories? You know, I've had people show up at the office that are basically schizophrenic. And they think like, oh, you've done this, you've done that. And it's so sad because they're just basically mentally ill. They're attacking you. So you want to be nice to them. But I mean, I've had that happen. Oh, I uh, meant like a fan thing. That's a that's a scarier thing. They're not fans. I mean, I, I ran to fans walking here. Oh, I'm studio. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people want to shake my hand. And that's the thing is they're trying to silence us. They're trying to demonize us. But at the end of the day, it's not working. Yeah. I would imagine you're one of those people that when people come up to you, they have like a whole story to tell you and they how do. you've affected them positively. It's not just like, oh, I'm a fan of your work. It's kind of probably a much more drawn out thing, you know? Absolutely. People want to tell me their whole life story. Yeah. Does that ever, do you have like a lot of weight on your soldiers from that? Do you feel like you're just doing this, like you're fighting for people or do you think this is just your thing? Like, does it have a lot of pressure attached to it? There is a lot of pressure because I know 
that I'm right about this. I mean, I know from their own documents, the globalist own plans, that this is happening. And so I'm sitting there frustratedly saying, listen, this is real to people, and they don't take it serious. And so I do have a lot of frustration there. Yeah. Does your family, like, what does your family feel about everything that goes around you? Do they kind of try to avoid it and thinking about it? Or is it something that sometimes you stress out about affecting them? My family does get stressed out by it, but they understand it's just the way it is. But yeah, my family understands that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. How spiritual of a person are you? I'm very spiritual, but this 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 whiskey is super strong. <laughs> it's a demonic whiskey. No, I mean I believe in God. I know that we have a spiritual nature, and that's basically where I'm at. I I try to tell the truth. I made mistakes, but at the end of the day, we just we try to tell the truth. Yeah, I had my first kind of spirituality. Is something very new for me. It's something that I had pretty much my first spiritual experience recently when doing DMT, which people maybe think that that's weird or whatever. I don't care. No, it's not. We take DMT with Michael? No, he's never done it. No. He was trying to get me to take it at dinner with us a month ago. Well, we were talking about you doing it, but he's never done it. Yeah. Right. He kind of just watches me do it. Okay. Basically, yeah. So what happened? Yeah, I, I, I kept, well, this is going to sound so psycho. Like, I'm going to sound like a crackhead. No, you're not. Okay, I'm going to sound like a crackhead a little bit to people maybe, but... Um, basically when you do DMT, you meet these beings and they have sometimes a message for you. Not everyone meets them. Some people do, some people don't. Um, but the few times that I've done it, I've had this recurring message that there's a war happening and that I'm a part of it and that I'm an important part of it. And that I have so much more to live up to that I'm not living up to. So it's kind of this like idea of That's like the good and evil. Like it made me more aware of good and evil basically, which I always thought was sort of like a, cartoon concept. I was like, so what do these elves want you to do? Well, that's the part they don't really tell you. They kind of let you decipher the rest. But maybe it's talking to you right now. Maybe that's part of it. No, I, uh, yeah. So they're telling you there's a war, want you to join us, but they won't tell you what the parameters are. Well, I get the feeling because, you know, for me, a lot of it is the trans kid stuff. I feel like that's one of my big purposes is to save these kids from getting messed up, from getting sterilized, puberty blockers, surgery before they can really consent, which that's like, they're pushing for that really hard. How do Absolutely. you feel about I'm all that? about free will. Adults do whatever they want. That's, and that's fine. And it's great. I mean, I agree. Like there's this whole movement to attack humans. And specifically children. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you take DMT, what <laughs> do you see? Like elves floating around saying. No, they don't we, flow. It's they They look like kind of like, um, like clowns a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They look kinda, like the Joker. Yeah. Like little jesters and they're really funny. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about the trans kid thing. Cause there's, there's no way we can get out of this interview. All the people being like, you had to ask some trans questions. So, um, what do you think is the larger agenda behind? There's clearly like a, a push for kids to be on puberty blockers for kids to get surgeries for all of this. Right. What is the higher purpose for why they're doing this? Have you thought about that? Yeah, they want to depopulate people. So you think the whole thing's a depopulation? They admit that, Tavistock Institute. So if someone wants to be another sex and do that as an adult, great. I'm a libertarian. But the push on two, three, four, five-year-olds, six-year-olds to do this is 100% about depopulation and 100% about the state forming a relationship with children outside their parents. 
So it's really bad. Yeah, that's a big one is separating kids from their parents and, and this idea of like the state owning kids. And that's pretty scary. That's the plan. Yeah. So one of the things that people bring up with you a lot is the whole, it's turned into a meme, but it's like the chemicals in the water turning people gay. I see people coming back and saying, actually, that might be true. And Alex Jones might have been correct. Yeah. So can you explain what that is? I don't even know what that is. Well, sure. I mean, that was like 10 years ago. I was reading mainline news articles about small amounts of atrazine making frogs be attracted to the same sex. They were being exterminated. They were, they were dying. And so I said, I don't care about gay people. I'm not against them. But I don't want them putting chemicals in the water that make the freaking frogs gay. And so out of that came the whole modern Alex Jones gay frog deal. But it's a real issue that's going on. Yeah, I mean, you look at rates at which, like, kids and even adults are, you know, identifying as gay or trans, and they have fucking skyrocketed. So you would wonder if that has to do with the chemicals in the water. Well, I think that's it. I mean, they, 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 they engage in a system that makes people be one way, and, and that's basically the plan. They want to get us ready for this human transformation. They want us to get ready for transhumanism. So they have to do that by chemically manipulating people they will yeah i remember the interview we did like how long ago was it back in the day it was like 2016 you had brought up transhumanism i had no idea what that was and i had to go down a whole rabbit hole googling it you were the first person to introduce me to that whole concept but what, what's the long game in terms of transhumanism it's just like monsanto has all these crops that are gmo where you've got to buy the seeds from them because they don't produce new seeds it's really Terminator seeds. They want a monopoly over human life. They want to control what humans do. And they want to they they want to dominate all life on Earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems to be the general direction. How does COVID play into it? Because for me, COVID was a really huge turning point in my entire perspective on the government and the country and everything. Like going down to Malibu, the beach, and seeing everything shut down was terrifying. Are you falling asleep? I'm here. Are you okay? Going to Malibu on the beach. Everyone yeah, was shutting everything was down. shut down. There was like, are you falling asleep? There was like cops everywhere, not letting people go on the beach. Yeah, how crazy is that? Locking down civilization, saying you can't go outside. It's a giant martial law drill. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that plays into why a lot of people now are coming around to just list. Have you seen like a spike in people subscribing to Infowars and everything from that? Yes, we see a huge awakening taking place. That's good. I mean, it's it's like, where do you go to for answers? Half the shit, like, you know, COVID being made in a lab. It's like you weren't allowed to say it. And then all of a sudden NBC was saying it. So then you could. But there was a whole wave of people banned for saying it first. The globalists see the planet as theirs. They launched a biological attack. And now humanity's waking up. Right. Do you get annoyed that people accuse you of thinking that everyone's like secretly a lizard? Because I don't think you think that. You know, that's David Icke. I like David Icke. I respect David Icke. But he believes interdimensionally it's like a lizard spirit or a lizard dimension of a sociopathic nature. So I love David. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm not the lizard guy. Right. But among other things, it's like you have the public Alex and they pin all this shit on you and you just can't undo it. Do you think there's like a real chance of Elon unbanning you and you coming back and being on all these platforms do you even want to well 
I think Elon gets it that if he can free the internet, that's the biggest thing anybody could do. People want freedom. People want to be able to communicate. And we've put up with such incredible authoritarian censorship. It's wrong what's been happening. And if Elon can change that, more power to him. Yeah, and he seems to have like a a fire in his spirit about it that he maybe didn't have prior or at least kept silent, but now he's going hard as ever. And it's it's cool that it's all kind of coming out of Austin too. I feel like Austin is like the sort of breeding ground for people that are really like taking the ship and steering it the other way. That's a great point, Blair. Austin definitely is like the mothership of the main resistance. It's a crazy, crazy time to be alive right now. Yeah. Do you think like who are some of your favorite sort of players that are in Austin and making things happen? Like, do you have people that you kind of think of in your mind when like the I think you've described it as like the new renaissance people kind of coming out of this dark period? Yeah, I mean, Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, you, Michael Malice, everybody here. I mean, this is pretty freaking cool. I mean, you guys are changing the world and I can sit here and talk about it. I've almost become passe. You know, I, I've been on there 28 years since I was like 20. And I had a local radio show when I was like 21. And I reached, by the time I was like 30, I had over 200 radio affiliates. And I've just been so blessed to be on air this long. Yeah, I've been so blessed to like be able to really talk about issues with people and have an effect and talk to you and talk to everybody. So it's just been amazing. It's really been amazing. Do you get tired? Do you do you have like a retirement plan or are you doing this until until you're done done? You know, I have a retirement plan. I mean, I... Uh, I don't mean money-wise. I've been money up since 5 a.m. My problem is I get up too early. So for me, it's like midnight right now. Oh. But, Blair, I just think beautiful people like you are going to save the world because you're a good person. And I don't judge anybody for, as an adult, what they choose or what they want makes them happy. I want you to be happy. And I want listeners to know that, like, I'm not judging anybody. I just know whatever the globalists are pushing with their agenda is probably not good. Doesn't mean that some of us, even though we're in their agenda, are bad. Because they pick what humans want. They pick what makes us strong. Then they manipulate that. Are there any, this might be actually kind of a, you might not want to answer this question. Um, I'm going to steal your whiskey right now. Oh, you're going to take my too? Okay. Uh are there any people that are sort of on the right wing that are like commentator types thinking like blue checks, famous people? Are there any that are secretly working with the feds and are kind of controlled opposition or is that whole like controlled um, opposition accusation? Is that like overblown? Oh, totally. I mean, when you're controlled opposition, people see it. I know all these great people who have, they're the opposite. They're working with the system and they hate it. And so I know all these great people that are against the system that are promoting freedom and uh, it's the opposite. They're, they're not going along with it. There has to be at least one though, right? There has to be at least one person. There's no way they don't have some person they turned into an influencer that's kind of... But all their major corporate people are like that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess like I just have a general distrust of everyone who kind of seeks notoriety i don't know i feel like it's kind of a toxic trade in some senses and you can do a lot of good with it i think you do a lot of good with it but there are people that i think get into even talking about all this stuff for the complete wrong intentions yeah but once we're waking the world up we can't expect 
everybody to get it perfectly straight. Yeah, that's true. Why are you so confident that um, uh, DeSantis isn't going to be the guy? Because I feel like he might. Am I wrong? You mean the guy what? Like the guy be president? Yeah, yeah. You said he wasn't going to run. Or did I mishear you? No, I guess you did. No, I like DeSantis. I think DeSantis is good. Do you think he's going to run and be the person or no? Well, I think DeSantis is way better than Trump. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if he has the same amount of chance. I mean, he he's very popular among sort of the right, and he's making a lot of good policy decisions everyone wants to happen in their state. But I wonder if he's really going to be able to reach independence and people that can really tip him over the edge. I mean, he can finish his sentence, and, and Biden can't do that. Yeah, but I do anticipate it's going to be kind of a— slaughter in november for democrats do you think so or no no i agree so what what will they do once that happens i think it could get violent i mean everything we've seen is them being violent lent from winds on the right wing so i could anticipate that i mean coming from la i saw that firsthand what do you think living in austin now um i love it i i would don't i feel like if it stays the same or gets even better i could stay here the rest of my life but you've lived here for how long? A good thirty years. Yeah. Do you like? Do you think it's like positive changes from everyone coming or negative change? Because everyone here also bitches about it and says it's becoming a wannabe LA or something that's not. I love Austin overall. We got Joe Rogan. We got Elon Musk. And you've been friends with Joe a long time. How'd you meet Joe? Because you've been friends what twenty years? Yeah, I met Joe over twenty years. I met Joe um, from Kevin Booth who had been a comedy producer, like 1998. Started hanging out with Joe, and by like 99, we were like partying. And by like two, like 05, we were like, me and Joe had some fun. We've, we've definitely done some wild, crazy stuff. How sort of similar is he with you as far as your views and stuff? Because he still calls himself a liberal and kind of in, in some regards rides the line. And I think he knows how to stay unbanned from everything you know but does he see the world pretty similar to you do you have major differences do you ever like fight about it debate about it yeah i mean i don't sit there and tell joe what's the thing joe has his own worldview and he's doing a good job but uh he's definitely a patriot he's pro-human so that's where i'm at with joe i mean i i can't sit there and uh speak for him but he definitely he was neutral a couple years ago till they messed with him and once they did that, he was dumb. Messed with him. How? What was the censoring him? Attacking? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he he definitely goes a lot harder than he did before. I think he rolled the line a lot more in the past. Do you still have major beef with Megyn Kelly? Or are you kind of over that? No, because she's the devil. I mean, Megyn Kelly came to interview me on a separate topic and then changed the subject. So I'm not against her, but Megyn Kelly's done. She has no viewers. Everybody hates her. I think she's the devil. That's like CNN. You know, CNN spent $300 million on CNN Plus, and nobody tunes in. Don't they have like a 1,000 subscribers or something, like freakishly small number? Yeah, so they spent $300 million, and no one wants to watch it. That should tell them you've lost. People are sick of you. They're tired. Right. But I don't think they're going to go down without. I think they have a few more election years of riots and tearing cities up underneath them. You know, I think you're right. And so I don't know what I'm supposed to do to make the Democrat Party happy. 
but they have really screwed this country over. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm done with them. Yeah. What do you think? Maybe this is like a kind of a big question, but what do you think your legacy is going to be when all is said and done, when people are looking back at all your work, all the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, is there something that you would hope you want to be remembered by? And is there something that you think is more likely? I think it's Alex Jones is right. I was right about the elite. I was right about corruption. I was right about questioning power. So I think there's no matter what they do, they can't deal with that maxim. Alex Jones is right. So you think it's going to be complete vindication when you're done? Total, complete vindication. I agree with you. No, I was asking. I think I think it's going to be something very close to that, totally. I mean, the amount of people that are coming around like we've been talking about is pretty insane. What I'm saying is I think you're right. I think we have complete, total vindication. It's not a power trip. I'm just like people, I mean... The you more were talking had, about a cashless society like 10 years, 15 years ago. But it's, 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 it's not that I'm good. This, the people are done with the system. The people are done with the system, and they're totally done, and they just don't want to put up with it anymore. And so they can attack me, they can lie about me. All that does is make me bigger with my listeners. So when the power structure lies about me, and attacks me and says them all these things, it doesn't work. It just makes us bigger. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people now that sort of are maybe in the commentator world. And I see like little little inklings of like the original like OG Alex Jones spirit in them. And they kind of harness that. I feel like there's a bunch of like mini U's running around. Do you see that? Well, I mean, I think that everything happening, the power structure right now shows they're collapsing. And so... The system knows what it's done is unpopular. And so if I'm seen as a bulwark against that, I love it. It's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. All right, Alex. I can't even think of any more. Oh, I, no, I want to ask you about COVID. One more thing about COVID. So I think that you said when we were at dinner that you think climate lockdowns are next, right? Well, they've said that the IMF World Bank, they want, they want climate lockdowns. And they've said, oh, it's good for the earth. These are just rich people that double their money when all small businesses are shut down. So, yeah, we have climate lockdowns. We have global social credit scores. We have the whole Build Back Better uh, system, and, we, and everybody should be opposing it. But do you think they can? Because right now, have you seen all the crazy fucking videos coming out of China, like them killing dogs and cats? Yeah. I and But do you think that Americans at this point would really tolerate going back and doing the lockdowns again and, like— I guess I would like to think that they wouldn't, but I don't know. Well, Thomas Jefferson was once asked 250 years ago, what is the level of tyranny Americans will live under? And Thomas Jefferson rightfully said, the level you will accept. So I think, Blair, that's the answer. Whatever we put up with, it's going to happen. If we don't put up with it, it's not going to happen. If we put up with it, it's going to happen. That's really a, 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 a good story. Yeah, because I would have never in a million years thought that the first round of lockdowns would have worked. But I think it, what it really showed was how many people are completely run by fear and willing to just give up everything. And that's what's kind of scary because the amount of people that I think are run by fear and allowed to just give up their freedom, give up their rights, give up their quality of life. Sometimes this is going back to the more pessimistic side. I think they might outnumber the people who wouldn't. So I think climate lockdowns could happen, but I'm hoping they don't. 
Well, you're right. Climate lockdowns are the plan. A permanent martial law police state we see in China and Singapore is the model here today. And that's why we have to understand this is not good and we're against it. Yeah. Could aliens unite the planet, though? Because I feel like that could be the thing that brings everyone back together. I agree. Find some other. If humans see an outside threat to our freedom, that could unify us. The question is, who is unifying us? Well, I think it's also, it could be a situation where governments are pretending aliens are coming. They could definitely false flag it. Mm. They could definitely stage some type of big event and do it. Yeah. I think all that people need to really know about whether or not you're credible and correct about certain things is just go back to the fact that you called 9-11 before 9-11 happened. I did. I had a dream where the towers blew up. And I said they're going to attack the World Trade Center. They're going to blame it on Bin Laden. They're going to use it to end American freedom. And I, I, I did call that on uh, July 25th, 2001. I didn't know you had a dream. I thought maybe you had seen other stuff that led you to think it was going to happen. That's no, kind of crazy. No, I've literally seen it all. And I had dreams about it, yeah. Wow. Do you have any other dreams of anything happening soon that you kind of have the same feeling about? Yeah, I've been seeing like bio-warfare humanity dying i've been i've been dreaming about that how can you feel optimistic if you think it's humanity dying well we've got to be optimistic to fix it and stop it well yeah yeah that's important but so it's not concrete you don't think it's like just dead set to happen you think there's like a chance of turning it around yes okay do you think that basically we're on track to just be China as far as the social credit score system. Cause that's, what's been sc the scariest to me. You still go to LA and they still do the vaccine passwords. They still do yeah, China's the model, all the authoritarianism, all the demonization, the social credit score. It, it's all here. So that's the trajectory. Unless we say no. And then they have full surveillance, full control of your life, folks. This is not good. Yeah. What would you say? And this is kind of a, basic bitch question everyone gets asked this one but i think it's very appropriate to ask you what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about you as a person i mean look i just cover real issues and i have debates about every issue so they they misconstrue what i've said they demonize me and say don't listen to him he's a bad guy whereas i was covering all the issues that's all yeah so i'm gonna list a couple banned people that are Actually, just as banned as you. I just want to get your general thoughts. Doesn't have to be negative or positive, just general thoughts. Milo Yiannopoulos. Do you still talk to him? I saw him a few months ago. He's a good guy. Oh, really? So you still have like a friendship and a... Yeah, he's a good guy. Okay, yeah. Because he was... He's been gone for a while. I feel like there's... He kind of went underground. What's he doing now? I think he writes for some major sites. Oh, like a ghostwriter or is Yeah. He... Oh, that makes sense. What about... um, who else? Laura Loomer. A great person, heavily censored, but she's still out there. Yeah. Who else has been Nick Fuentes? I like Nick. I'm not. I'm not. I don't do the race politic thing, but he's compared young. to leftists, they're like fifty times more racial than Nick Fuentes. Yeah, he's so. young too. You know, who else has kind of been really? I mean, Trump obviously, but who else has kind of been like really swept under the rug? Those are the kind of the main ones I can think of. I think that's the main people. Yeah. It, wasn't there someone named Faith Goldie or something? Yeah, I liked her. Yeah, yeah. Out of Canada. Oh, yeah, she was Canadian. Do you ever get frustrated with the amount of, because um, I do, 
the amount of like Canadian and British commentators that kind of talk about America, even if they're kind of saying things that maybe I would agree with. Sometimes I get frustrated, like maybe just mind your own. Well, that's my frustration is they come and they go. We need people that just stay in the fight. I don't care if they're from South Africa or Mexico or the U.S., just stay in the fight. Yeah, sometimes I get a little frustrated, like, I don't know, like, maybe just talk about your own country, but some of them are actually good people, too, so. Well, I want you to come on my show, because I was not drunk earlier. I drank one glass of that whiskey, I am, like, lit from hell. You drank half of mine, too. Is it poison? <laughs> yeah, we dropped you, totally. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, I like what you're doing here. This is a really fancy podcast studio no yeah i really want to have like all the sort of austin heavyweights in and all the people that are kind of really making shit happen here because i think this is like really the place to be and there's a few people i think that want to move back now to new york and la now that lockdowns are over isn't it but... crazy that austin became this main center of uh, resistance i would have never thought i would have never got i was lifelong california and born and raised i would have never thought i'd live in texas or austin or anything like that but like Michael Malice and I moved here the same day. We became super close and um, went on Joe Rogan like right when I got here, did the Tim Pool stream. Do you ever watch any of those like funny streams back and just see what people have to say? Cause that one had a ton of memes. You know, I've not had time to do it. I wish I would have. Yeah, I think you should look at some of the reaction to the Tim Pool one. People love that. I know that. People loved it. People made a lot of memes about you and I. It was fun. Yeah, it was crazy. We're married. Yeah, I know. I said that to you when I saw you at dinner. You're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you made that joke the whole time on the RV stream. That was the whole thing. So this has been a stream between a married couple. This whole thing has been our honeymoon. It's our honeymoon right now. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Alex. Hey, I appreciate you. And next time, I'm not going to drink that whiskey because that is super strong. <laughs> it's actually ridiculously strong. All right, well, that's Is that 200 proof or something? I don't know what it is. I don't know. Joey poured it, but it's it's kind of fucking me over, too. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Thanks for coming on.